afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are at the Triumph of Ag Farm Show in Omaha. And first of all, big shout out and thank you to Clay Patton for filling in for me for two days. As we all know, I was on vacation and then the markets went bad. So I've been joking. Jeff Peterson's joining us with Heartland Farm Partners that maybe I shouldn't be going on vacation the way the markets traded. Not some good pictures that we had to deal with. End of last week, into this week, nice to see some positive numbers. And that's kind of what we're going to look at. How are the corn and the beans looking for you? I know earlier today we were looking at the charts, and if you compare it to a year ago, there's some positive news that's going on. But what are you seeing for the trade as we, as we head into this midweek? Well, I think we're getting, just like we had a big sell-off at the end of the week, we're getting really a nice bounce all the way across the boards, across energy, across the Dow. You've got across corn, beans, cattle. And it's just been a nice kind of bringing these markets back up. And, and I think everything that's being focused on right now is really it's just human emotion. And everybody really got scared and panicked at the end of last week, and, and now we're bringing it back. And the big question we're going to talk a lot about as we go forward is, you know, where do we go from here? But some things we got to really remember yet, Susan, is that uh, the fund are still short on corn and soybeans. So they're still betting this thing's going to go down yet, even though there's been some short covering bouncing here lately. Now, wheat, they have stayed long. And so that's kind of the table that we've got set that's right in front of us right now. So I'm curious, we know that the feds did some changing to the interest rates. Has that had any trickle factor at all in the markets? I think it sure has, and especially since we've had a talk all the way across the world that we've got a lot of the central banks stepping in, recognizing, one, that there's a challenge, recognizing, two, that they need to take some actions, and they're talking about it and doing some of it, and that gives a calming effect and says, okay, all right, some of these other ruling bodies are going to take action that can help stabilize these markets, get some more liquidity moving into some of these areas that need maybe some extra working capital at some lower interest rates to be able to handle the fact that they've been short revenue in some of these areas where they've been shut down. We know Thursday and Friday were definitely a struggle bus and we've continued to work our way back. But as we look to a year ago today, things weren't too bad in the corn market. Well, you know, what's interesting when I take a look at it, looking back, uh, so we're sitting there at 384 and three quarters on the May futures. A year ago, we were actually down to 374. So so we look at that, and then we look out to new crop. Now, we've got a flip there. This year, we're sitting at 385 and a half on corn. Last year, we're at 395 and three quarters. Just a different environment. But moving on over to beans, there's a little bit bigger difference. Last year, we were sitting at 916 on this date. We're at 907 this year. On the new crop side, though, Last year we were at 950 and a half, and we're sitting there at 917 now. But the rest of the story there is where the market went from there. And on the um, May futures, they they did go ahead and by the end of May get all the way down to 335. So there was almost a 40 cent drop. But we know a lot of that was because of trade talks. So the question we have this year is that do we have enough from the coronavirus to put some of that similar type pressure on the market? And then in addition, what what about all those prevent plant acres and what happens there? A lot of things we got to look at. And coronavirus is the worst of the worst. Maybe happened. We hope. You know, I, I think the worst of the worst in regard to the big numbers probably have happened and what they ended up seeing in China. The only other population we'd have that would be big enough to cause something like that to happen is if it got into India. And, it, and it's not that it isn't into India. It's just that we haven't seen that big type of push. But I don't think for the U.S., if, if you look at it, our U.S. numbers, we haven't seen the worst yet. And we're seeing kind of an increase coming out of South Korea and Italy and Iran. But the thing we have to think back on, and I really had to think back about this, Susan, 
H1N1 from 2009. That actually broke uh, April 15th of 2009. By the time we got to the end of June, there was about 13,000 cases that had showed up across the U.S. And CDC was reporting at that time there was 75 individuals infected for every one case they were actually showing. So we had a significant amount of people. They would have estimated there'd have been a million people infected. And as a matter of fact, after two months of the H1N1, it had actually went ahead and had cases in all 50 states. Now, why I bring that up is that H1N1, um, there's some discrepancy on this, but I think the thing we'd say overall is that the coronavirus does, is more contagious. The r naught value is higher than what H1N1. And in addition, the death rate, the mortality rate is also higher on the coronavirus than it was on the H1N1. And different reasons for that, but to give you an idea, some are forecasting that, you know, the mortality rate somewhere between 2 and 3% on the uh, coronavirus. And back on H1N1, it was about 0.02%. So we saw a big difference there. So we're going to have to be prepared for some additional problems coming from coronavirus on the road. So is the market going to continue to focus on coronavirus, or are we going to start focusing on other things? Yeah, I think it's going to be a transition. There's a lot of things, I think, that are going to come into focus, and then they'll kind of back away. The coronavirus is going to be in the background for quite some time, probably until we get to a point we have a vaccine, which, depending on who you listen to, could be six or eight months out. So that's going to have a tug on the market. But there's going to be other things we're going to be focusing on. As we get closer to spring, immediately we've got quarterly stocks report coming up. We've got the planning and perspective planning that will be coming up at the end of March and in addition to that we'll also have a focus on spring weather which really means that prevent plant acres and then we're going to have a lot of focus on what's happening with our U.S. corn exports and ethanol numbers those are going to be a couple big ones also and and those are the majors that we'll be focusing on going forward. I kind of want your quick thoughts here before we move on on that March quarterly stocks and perspective planning report because we know that it's kind of looming out there and this is like the next big focus for us. Yeah, it really is and what we're really trying to get our arms wrapped around is that we overall believe acres are going to be higher. Uh, 96.7 million acres is our number, but what we're trying to figure out is that right now NASA has got their surveys out. There'll be about 80,000 individuals surveyed and those have to be back in by March 18th. So we think in many of those areas where they didn't have prevent plant, they're going to be saying, you know what, we, we are going to plant a lot of corn acres. What we're trying to sort out in the areas that didn't have or did have more prevent plant is are they going to lowball the number and say we aren't going to have much or are they going to come in and feel good about it but we'll talk more now after the break of course it all depends on what mother nature throws at us in the next couple of weeks as well well stick around we do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle final bell we are broadcasting today from triumph of ag which is taking place in downtown omaha and jeff peterson joins us more is coming up in just a moment it's the Fontenelle final bell on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Jeff Peterson continues to join us for part two. We are at the CHI Health Center in downtown Omaha for Triumph of Ag. And we left off, Jeff, we were talking weather. And then you and I got talking weather um, during the commercial break. But there's a lot of guys banking on having some decent planning rather this year. Yeah, there's probably, in, as I think back over the time I've been in this business, Susan, there's probably not been a year where the spring weather is more important and has such an impact on which way 
way it can take this market. If we would have really wet conditions and we'd have prevent plant acres back, you know, seven, eight million acres, nine, ten million acres, you know, we'd have a much stronger move in the market higher. But if we have really nice conditions or a normal type spring to slightly drier, then we start lowering those prevent plant acres back down. And I know some of our customers in southeast South Dakota, especially in the just Parkston area south of Mitchell, probably were some of the worst hit, I think, in South Dakota, maybe even in, in the nation. I know one particular individual only was able to get about 60 acres planted between the corn and beans out of about 1,400. Now, he's optimistic right now that he, he may get about 80% of that planted. So for us, we come back to that prevent plant number, and right now we're using 4 million acres. If conditions were really good, and, and conditions are looking good. I mean, we're having really warm conditions here. They've still got snow cover in parts of the Dakotas, but as we look back to our snow coverage maps and also the depth maps from last year, you know, we've got a fraction of the snow that was on the ground compared to last year in many areas. Now, there's parts of North Dakota that still have something comparable to last year, but the point I want to make is that they're going to be getting very warm conditions also. Our forecast that we see for March looks a little above normal on temp, maybe a little bit below normal on precip. Similar type thing as we look into April as it looks fairly warm, and those are the type of conditions that they really need to go ahead and get stuff dried out, get them optimistic, and, and we'll see how they fill out that NAS survey that they got now and whether or not they're optimistic or not on those corn acres. And that comes off the backside of Commodity Classic where I talked to some guys in, in Texas, in Louisiana, and they're frustrated because they're already behind schedule in this year's planting season. Yeah, they really are, and that is an area we're going to have to watch because there are times in Missouri and Arkansas and parts of the Delta, you know, they can they can definitely have prevent plant acres also going forward, and we, have, we can traditionally think about out um, the Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota uh, as being some of the major ones in the northern belt, which they are, but we're going to have to watch those southern areas because the way the storm track has been going, we've been picking up those storms right across those southern areas. Of course, our thoughts and prayers go to those folks in Tennessee. A lot of ag acres were affected as well by that tornado that went through here just yesterday. But looking at prevent plant, do you have any idea? It's like the big elephant in the room as to what we're going to see in this 2020 growing season. It really is. And, and as we forecast, we try to just keep forecasting often because we know it's not going to be something like the 18.2 million or close to 19 million that it was last year. And we keep trying to run with that number for us around the 4 million area to start. And what we'll do is we'll just keep bumping that number up if it looks like it's going to be wet. And, and I don't know if we're going to be able to get much below that number. To give you an idea, back in 2018 when we had really dry conditions or drier conditions, it got all the way down to about 1.2 million acres. So there's always going to be some prevent plant every year, but that's going to be very important to, to where the prices go. Amazing what a year brings. A year ago we were worried about flooding and now we're worried about dryness in so many areas. Yeah, there really is. And I think the other thing that's important about this spring weather, and we're going to have to watch close, is the fact if, if individuals get out there, farmers get out there, and they're able to plant early, um, I get concerned that they're going to put in some more acres of corn because that generally is a trend. If they got good conditions and they can roll, and, and we're not talking about them putting in much. If they just put in an extra 40 or 80 or a quarter, you know, that makes a really big difference. Well, speaking of corn, how are we export-wise? 
Well, and that's some of the things that we're very worried about is that, you know, the luckily for us, the U.S. dollar has weakened some here, and that's helped. But there's a few concerning things happening on it. So let's just take a look at um, on the export side first. When, when we look at the amount of outstanding sales that are out there, and then we look at the amount that we've shipped so far, and we compare that to a year ago, we're down 35%. Okay. Now, USDA is forecasting, based off of the February report, we'd be down about 16.4%. But part of the thing that concerns us right now is that, believe it or not, we're not the cheapest corn. We should be the cheapest corn, but we're not the cheapest corn in the world right now. Argentina is actually coming in cheaper on the corn side than what we are. And this is supposed to kind of be our window because it's the window where Brazil is kind of out of the market. Over on the soybean side, when we take the outstanding sales and the shipments, now the shipments are running ahead of last year. The outstanding sales that we have on the books aren't, is, aren't as big, so we're down about 9%. USDA is thinking we're going to be up about 4.4%. So corn's got some work to do yet. How's that affecting ethanol demand? Well, ethanol, that's a concern. We're down about four-tenths of a percent, and USDA believes we're going to be up about nine-tenths of a percent. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com, or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. Thanks so much, Jeff Peterson, joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your favorite podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.